Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of arena first-person shooters, classic FPS games, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. These are the players, the developers, the streamers, the influencers. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathala, that our communities band together in her cathedral to frag and give one another into oblivion for all eternity. Alrighty, folks, welcome back, welcome back. It is, uh, this is gonna be our very last episode with State of Quake. It's a, uh, hard transition to go through, but I'm happy that it's happening finally. I can't thank them enough for what they've done, and... It's just, it's time to get rolling. So, I had to do a lot of soul searching and think about who I wanted to be uh, the transition episode, the last one for the first chapter of In the Keep, and simultaneously the first chapter of the new In the Keep, something that was going to send us off with a bang. And I racked my brain, and I picked the person that I think is... uh, a representative, a, a true founding father of the Keep, a true uh, echo, a, a, a true siren of what we're all about. And I picked my good buddy, someone who's been there since day one, someone who's mentored me, someone who's helped me, someone who's been around since I really fell deep into the Quake community. And that's uh, that's my buddy, I Kill Pigeons. Uh, I've just... I got to preface this conversation with a few things. First of all, Pigeons is a arena shooter player just like the rest of us. He has been around for he's been alive a long a lot longer than I have, and he has a lot of really great knowledge about all of that. And we talk in depth, but we also talk about some of his other interests, uh one of which is he produces virtual reality plays in a game called Rec Room. And I think that is so freaking interesting. Like, I just, I can't wait to hear people's feedback and see who checks it out. All that stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I, I just don't want to say, like, give him, give him a chance to lure you into that conversation because it is a wild ride, or it was for me anyway. Uh, one other preface before we get started. He, uh, he and I talk a little bit about the format in QC Dual Pool, and I want to say that that was, Recorded before they announced the new classic dual mode. So, with that said, let's get in the keep with I Kill Pigeons. How the hell are you, man? I have never been better. Oh, that's a fucking bullshit lie, and you know it. <laughs> All right, maybe once. I was better once. What will happen when it was better that one time? Uh, it was the night that I beat the mother load in a Quake Champions duel. Oh, that happens all the time. <laughs> Star Centurion must feel like gold every day. Just <laughs> just walk around feeling amazing. I I beat him too, actually. Yeah, that one time? Before. I beat him twice. Um, now, what I'm not going to say, except I am, is that it was his first week playing Quake Champions, I was still teaching him the game, and I created a monster, as you know. As I know. That's it? That's all? That's the whole story? 
What? <laughs> All right. So, uh, what, what do you want? Backstory and like how I met uh, Star and how I knew he'd be great at uh, at, at FPS games. Yeah, or, you're you're uh, you're on the air in the keep. Right. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> well, no, I I got that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Star Centurion, uh, uh, I met him in uh, VR in a game called Rec Room. Uh, he was a beta tester for the PlayStation VR uh, version of Rec Room. And he came in, and I met him playing laser tag, which is, well, what you think. You know, laser tag and VR. And he kicked everyone's ass on a PlayStation VR, which doesn't happen. Like, their track, the tracking just sucks compared to uh, uh, PC VR. Uh, and then someone talked him into getting a Oculus Rift and a computer to run it. And, well... That was the end of that. Um, he kicked everyone's ass even more. And then I was like, hey, Star, you're really good at this, you know, first-person shooter thing. You should try this quick game out. And so he did. And I beat him a few times uh, early on because he didn't know the maps. He didn't understand the weapons, that kind of thing. Uh, and as soon as he got all that down, uh, well, you know, his aim is just freakish. It is. It's like the only asset that I think he really has to, and it just pisses me off yeah. because it's unbeatable. Except for that yeah, one time they, when I did beat him. Did you? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, just once. Like, it was, like, I was ready, to, if I didn't beat him that night, I was going to quit playing Quake forever. Like, that's really how I felt. Like, he had not yeah, played in months, and I had just been grinding Quake champions for no real justifiable reason, other than I'm an obsessive freak. And then, well, because you're having fun with it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, to, at this point, Quake Champions, I could live or die. Like, it, it, I don't, I do love that game. Right. Don't get me wrong, but like, I have uh, so many other, like, I have We're my hands in so many FBS baskets. Fans, yeah, right. Like, not necessarily. I, yeah, I have Dusk now. I can live with that, and I, I don't really yeah. care. I, I think I, I cared for a while about being really great. I don't anymore. I think I found my niche in the community, uh, which is doing kind of this stuff and. And and that thing that we started together, what was that? What did we do? Uh, I believe we started uh, Catholic's Keep. Yeah, dude, we? you're the OG member. That is you, <laughs> me. I mean, there was like because it was like just it built on top of what my my just private Discord at the time. Yep. But it was like you, me, and uh, spaced and yep, and then grew from there exponentially after that because like you brought in all was it Natty Land. And then, yeah. Um, so when we first met, you know, that plane duels. Oh, and... tell tell our story. Oh, oh he's, okay. Be still, my beating heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, we were doing. Uh, I I got wild hair, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do some ring duels. Okay. <laughs> Ran into some guy named the Muddleload. Um, oh, oh, the, the the moon! You have to set the, like the the moon was bright that night. Oh, was, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, it it was a dark and stormy <laughs> night. Um, there was rumors a, a hurricane was set. <laughs> I knew, I knew. You know, like even the shadows looked like they were somehow darker than normal. And then suddenly, across from the alley, uh, lit in in a lightning flash. Stood across from me, mother load. And the only thing I said was the normal, 
GG. And then suddenly, the storm, uh, the storm went away. The sun, the sun a, a beam of sunlight shone down upon my opponent standing across from the alley. And he, he stared back at me and he gave a thumbs up and he said, GG. Or GLHF. That's right. I had the wrong. Um, <laughs> and we had, we, had an epic, we had an epic duel. And at the end, bloodied and bruised, both of us shook hands and said, GG. And we and a friendship was born. <laughs> I get the I, I get your your uh, your theater deal. It seems to work for you, but <laughs> you got to get your lines right, sir. I know, I know. <laughs> I had the wrong. I had the wrong. Yeah, uh, we don't GG at the start. <laughs> no, but like, uh, yeah, that, that's a huge theme on the show. Really, is just the the aspect of uh, just be being cool to people, and then that's how you yeah. you meet folks in the game like people are yeah. so fucking douchey sometimes and just like the, the the few awesome interactions you have with people can become uh what i think are lasting friendships that agree hold till the end of time or at least until the internet dies uh, uh hopefully that's after the end of time because yeah. my internet has gone down a few times and i i was alive before the internet but i don't know how let me just say, but yeah. we all know that. No, we tell tell us, open up a little bit about that. Why? Why do you feel that oh. way? Really? Are you kidding me? Once your internet goes down, you start thinking about everything that you need to look up or find or <laughs> research or whatever. Like, like you're, suddenly your brain isn't like, "Hey, I should be on Reddit," you know, browsing through shitty Ask Reddit questions or something. No, no, it's it's everything important that you need to find out. And then once the internet comes back up, that all goes out the, out the window. Yeah, and I don't... Okay, I'm just going to watch this stupid show on Netflix. I don't know yeah. what we're going to do, like, or just our society in general. If the, if the internet, the whole grid just stopped, like, economies would crumble at this point. Yeah, people would have to learn how to um, uh, create lands again. <laughs> For multiplayer gaming, or the, yeah, we do. Like, wow. we'd, they'd probably go back to like telephone line gaming. Yeah, before we just get. We, oh well, I guess we're not playing anymore. But even right. like even if that grid, like the telephone grid, went down, like it, it we're, we're just gonna go back to like bashing rocks on, on our heads, chucking them at small <laughs> animals, much. trying to yeah. kill pigeons with pebbles and slingshots. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, buddy. Yes. Yeah. That's a that's a really dark apocalypse you're talking there. It could happen. <laughs> Anything could happen. But yeah, uh, uh, anyway, uh, back on the actual tangent that I was right. going on before that small inter tangent. Is that a word? Back on the rails. Yeah. No, uh, I I think that it's crazy how people fucking talk to each other, and and then just like you and and space, I met in pretty much the exact same way. It was just like. I don't know why we're just like play. We played pretty equally in the games, and then we we're just like, "Uh, do you want to like talk on Discord and practice together?" Yeah. Because like that's cool. And then and then friendships blossom. And I wish more people were like you guys, which is a tall order because there's no one like you guys in the world, really. Uh, but like, there's got to so be more I, of us. There was, 
if there was more people like me than that apocalypse you were talking about might <laughs> actually come about. <laughs> no, you're you're. But I get what you're saying. No, you're the salt of the fucking earth, man. Like don't don't under understate oh, yourself. No, now I'm salty. Suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Don't don't understate yourself because it. it no, I, we couldn't do the, the this would not be a thing without like the kindness of people like you and that let's say i don't even want to i wouldn't want to like downplay your contribution anyway but i'd say your number one contribution is just that you've been so nice and so supportive that it doesn't make any sense and at my level worst like the worst decisions that i've made you're still like hey man i'm really nice like it's all it's if all you said all day was like in, in like matthew mcconaughey's voice is just like i'm really nice like everybody would still love you i, I think the same <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, there goes uh, my reputation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. I do. Um, I, I I legitimately feel bad that I have not been very active in the keep. Um, oh, we'll get to that. I have reasons. We'll yeah, get to that. You're, you're going to answer reasons. for it. <laughs> of course. I'm going to answer to the drowned god. Um, but no, it, I agree. Um, it's... Unfortunately, rare uh, these days in Quake where people just, you know, kind of chat and get to know each other. And I think a lot of that is the lack of persistent servers. You play a duel against someone and they're gone. You don't see them again. Yeah. So if if you say GLHF or you see someone else saying, okay, yeah, 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 GL or HF, and then and then – why say GG if you lose? Like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm not going to see him again. You know, like that's kind of mentality, whatever. And and then it's someone else. Whereas in past quite games, you're playing the same guy potentially over and over and over, or maybe you're in a dual server where, you know, winner stays in and you're rotating. You get another crack at him, you know, maybe three or four duels later and you get to watch him play the whole time. So maybe you learn a little bit about his tendencies and, you know. Like, yeah, even spectating, like people don't, like to spectate anymore really uh yeah people just get upset yeah. by the the prospect of even having to spectate there's like i i need to utilize every amount of my time to be playing like but that to me that's how you learn like is by watching people who are better than you like from their their perspective like what what is he doing that i'm not doing um, yeah man that's a really good point in quake that's just lacking generally in quake champions uh what Pers- i don't know there, it's so weird because like Used to, you know, duels used to last 10 minutes, and now they could last anywhere between, like, 3 if you really get crushed, or, like, 30-plus right. minutes if you go into overtime every round. Like, what? Do you, actually, what do you think of the format, like, just the duel format, like, personally? Um, it, you know, it took me a while, because, um, I, I, I mean, I played Quake since, uh, Quake 1, um, mm-hmm. and, of course, yeah, I played, uh, first burn shooters since Wolfenstein, but my multiplayer started with Quake 1. Um, I really, really got into it with Quake 2. That's why I got into duels. Was heavy into it with Quake 3, Quake Live, that kind of thing. Um, dabbled in at the original Unreal Tournament, but I preferred Quake 3 over it. I felt like the original Unreal Tournament was a bit too gimmicky with its uh, weapon balance. Um, but that's not the question. Um, so... I don't mind the new format. I get where they're going with it because it's boring to crush someone like 20 to two and there's still, you know, four minutes left. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's boring to be on the other end of that. 
uh, it's not fun. So if you're going to get crushed, the idea is get crushed quickly and, or crush them quickly and you're done. Okay, great. Um, I really don't mind it, but no, the nostalgia in me, you know, misses the old style as well, like to straight up 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I mean, there's conflicting, you know, points of view, and I and I understand that. Like, Plague TV uh, had a good, so he he didn't he never played Quake before Quake Champions, to my understanding. But his point of view is like, I think that the current dual format is more palatable to a viewer, you know, and to a caster maybe. Just in the fact that you can, you know, it, it goes in rounds, it restarts, like you can kind of yep. get your footing again, and and. and each round you get to try again and you know that happens three to five times and then you're done um i would agree with that um and like what i just said about it being uh boring uh, a blowout is boring whether you're playing in it or you're spectating it like it's it's the same kind of deal sometimes it's cool to watch like fatality just you know we're not going (laughs) to use the r word like some people might use but right but just molest. I think that's an okay right. word. Bother. Yeah. You know the the. So, so I'm not gonna use the R word, but I'm gonna use another word that the exact same. Thing. It's not. It's not the same thing because molest just it's, means to bother. At, at, at the oh, base, okay. that's okay. all it means. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get. What you can you yeah. can leave a, a situation unmolested. Like that's a, that's a proper way of using that word. It's just been Michael Jackson destroyed that word. That's what happened. Okay. Okay. But we're taking it back. No, I, right. I I have a point. I think about the dual format that I think it makes sense. Back in back in our day, uh, the the dual format, the way it used to work, it was like a, a street fight. Actually, like it was legitimately just like I'm gonna beat you down until you either get back up on your feet or you know I give you too much space and you have some way of coming back. Accurate. Yep. Yeah, and then. The way Quake Champions Duel works is uh, like boxing or you know, the UFC because it has rounds, and yep. that so it, in a real fight, right? If I'm beating the dog shit out of you, because like if we fought, that's probably how it would go. Just being real, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're <laughs> much bigger than me, but uh-huh. yeah, if I you know just just beating the tar out of somebody, the internet, uh, just be aware of that. Yeah, on the, on the street, right? Just like. Just jump, jump on a dude on the sidewalk and just pound his face in, right? And it's just the two of you. Like, no one else is allowed in there. Or it's a cage fight or whatever. But there's no rounds. Sure, there's no yeah. referee. Anything like that. Uh, it, it, at some point, if you get knocked out, you know, like the, or at the beginning of the match, I just run up and deck you before you get a chance to do anything. Or take it to the ground and have I mean, you in a submission okay, hold. Yeah. If the referee doesn't break it up, you lost that fight. That's how fights in schools yep. work. Like, it's... Whoever yep. looked like they were going to win before the teacher showed up, that's who won. But now it's yep. like the teacher shows up every five minutes and is like, oh, okay, back up, back up. All right, you guys, you standing up, standing up. So like a uh, – Round two. Did you see fight. the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury fight? I did not. So Deontay Wilder, right, just um, knocks the sh- – like just hits in the final round, hits Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd's was a wrestler. Was this the fight a couple of weeks ago? Nah, I, I mean, maybe. I'm not sure. This is a while uh, back, uh, what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. I, uh, sorry, I I work late on weekends, so uh, <laughs> it's okay. I miss all those fights. Ty, so, Tyson... are always talking about it. Did you see the fight last night? Like, no, it's... Dick. Tyson Fury 
lights out, right? Hits, hit, just straight hits his back. In a real life fight, we'd call that okay. He's done. But the referee, sure. you know, counts weird. It was like very controversial whether or not the referee was counting correctly. Anyway, okay. Tyson Fury does like what, a was he like one, two, three, or one, two. Four, yeah, one of those kind of know, situations. Three, sir, three. It's just, it was just like you could, you could argue. A lot of people have argued that you know the referee was not counting that the way he should have. Anyway, point being, okay. Tyson Fury okay. sits up like the Undertaker very suddenly, gets back up and fin- like just, you know, he's like, okay, you're standing up, you're good, all right, and then comes back and like wins the round, and mm. that yeah, and in a street fight. Yeah, that, he, that doesn't. He would have been, you know, knocked down. You're out. Yeah. He, as soon as he hit the ground, a real guy would have just stomped his head in or something. Or, so the analogy you're going for is yeah. um, the street fight is a like quick champion style of duel with a round. Or no, sorry, um, yeah. is old school. You know, like the the ten minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. It, it's just a beatdown. Yeah. And and the and the like sanctioned like UFC fight would be how quick champions is where they're yeah. like, okay, all right, you won that round. Everybody to reset. Yeah, I hate. I hate it. I wish the UFC just got rid of rounds altogether I, I, and and gloves. The whole deal. If you're gonna fight on TV and you're gonna call it a fight, it should be a fight because, like, yeah. there's so many times when like it, it happens pretty much every single time. Every time the referee breaks it up, I'm like, well, well now we really don't know who won. That's just, I, I don't get it. It's That's it's fair. a sport. It's a sport. It's not a fight. Um, I mean, and fighting can be a sport, but it's it. The more you sanction it, and the more rules you put on it, and the more you act like, because you, if you can punch someone in the head, but you, but you have to wear gloves, but you can kick them in the head, and you don't have to wear anything on your feet, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, doesn't really make a lot of sense, does no. it? No, no. Anyway, I'm not saying I prefer one or the other necessarily. Just it is different. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I appreciate both. Let me just say. Yeah. And yes, I'm doing this intentionally. What is that? What kind of beer are you drinking? Uh, this is Odell IPA. Oh, a, I've had that one. It's good. Uh, local Colorado brewery. It's uh, it's very good. Man, it's the best beer in Colorado. A running theme is at the end of the show for the last couple of episodes. I've been saying like, hey, I'm not looking for sponsors, but like, if anybody wants to send me free beer. I'll I'll review it on the show. <laughs> well, uh, they're about an hour north of me. <laughs> yeah, I need I need to at some point acknowledge the fact that like, hey, listeners, uh, this this episode's like special. I haven't prepared at all. I'm just talking to my buddy here. Like, there's no like I don't have I usually yeah. have like a little thing over here that's it's like yeah this oh, is like okay. I have a list of questions. And for I people. realized I was just pouring a beer on your screen, and the uh, listeners have no idea what I was doing. No, that's fine. <laughs> I asked what kind of beer you were pouring, so if they, if they can't figure that out, I can't help them. Yeah, that's true. They need another beer if they if they can't figure that out. No, uh, so any yeah, you started playing Quake uh, Quake One like I was a, a baby. I was actually a year old when you first started playing Quake. Uh, when were you born? What year? Ninety five. Uh, yeah, you were a year old. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what was, what was your experience? Like the, how old, how old were you when you, like the first time you saw the game? Uh, first time I saw Quake. Oh boy. Um, I played a shareware version for a while, actually. It was just the first episode. Uh, and I actually, uh, played Quake one single player, for the longest time, uh, and then 
Quake 2 came out in, I believe, 97. And that's when I got into the actual multiplayer aspect of it. And, and... Wait, wait, wait. I I gotta cut you off. Because I can. Have you already played Doom and Wolf at this point? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Keep going. I played Wolfenstein, like, back in... Shit, I don't know, 92, 93? Yeah, like, yeah, right around that, that time. And, and then, yeah, and then, and then Doom, yeah, of course. Uh, just not multiplayer with them. Um, didn't play Doom multiplayer until, you know, many years later. Yeah. And, uh, but played Quake 2, I got into the multiplayer. Uh, will never forget the first time I won a free-for-all match. I felt like such a badass. And, you know, looking back on it years later, I'm like, wow, I was such a noob. But it felt great in the moment. Um, and right around the time I got into Quake 2 multiplayer, I also got into Quake 1 because the Quake 1 multiplayer scene was still very strong uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I did both of those for a while. Um, preferred Quake 1 for team play and Quake 2 for duels. Why? Um, I just don't understand Quake 2. I, I don't ever want to disparage it or say anything bad because it's clearly just that I don't understand, but I don't get it. It's it's so weird to me. Yeah, it's difficult to explain. Um, it might be as simple as it was the first uh, FPS that I got into duels with. Okay. And uh, the Railgun was a game changer. Uh, the Quake 1... Love the game. I don't want to say anything bad about it, but the weapon balance wasn't great, as we all know. You know, you get the rocket launcher, you get lightning gun, you're good. Uh, you know, you might span some um, uh, uh, pineapples around, yeah. or, you know, they use an SNG here and there. But really, uh, but Quake 2, uh, the railgun was so new at the time. We all take it for granted, but, oh man, that railgun was like, holy shit. <laughs> This gun. Um, and I sucked with it because I was an HBB, a hyping uh, bitch <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I but played a dial-up. Yeah, it's cent- center of the country at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Halfway through my Quake 2 playing, I finally got uh, cable internet, and whoa, that changed my life. But as it did with all of us, no one cares about that. Oh, they do. Uh uh well it was it was great to not have to lead my rails by literally a second. <laughs> I, f- I still feel like that in Quake Two. That's the problem with Quake Two to me is like I still feel like everything is like slow. It the game overall was very slow. Uh, the yeah. rocket launcher still infuriates me how slow the pro- projectiles are. I don't know. You know, I, I wish I could give you some like great insight on it, but fact is I wasn't a pro player or anywhere close to it. <laughs> well, I just had fun playing it. No, it's fine. You you have a perspective that it's perfectly valuable. It don't, don't stop underselling yourself on my fucking show, man, or I'm gonna come over ah. there and tug you by your big long luscious locks onto the ground yes. and, and, and give you that sidewalk beat down that we just discussed. <laughs> <Can you promise? laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Right. <laughs> uh I can beat up your boyfriend. No, uh I think, it, I think for me at this point, <laughs> in Quake Two, if I were to at this point in my 
uh, arena shooter career go and try to like become good at Quake 2, it would require a complete reset in my brain of how uh, timing works for everything. And I even feel it playing like from Quake 1 or Dusk and then coming back and playing Quake Champions. Like Quake Champions feels like driving a big tugboat compared to the movement in uh, in, dusk. In, in Dusk or in, in Quake 1. It's just yep. not even remotely comparable or even even quake live and quake 3 like while they are i'd say a middle ground like slower and and that is where i actually got my start is in quake 3 but it it doesn't uh like just just rivets versus uh quake champions rockets like they i every time i play dusk and then i'm like somebody's like hey play quake champions with me i'm like okay sure immediately my my projectile timing is just jacked up like it's i i couldn't hit a rocket if my life depended on it for whatever that reason. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, um when Quake 3 came out, um uh, like I was all in on that because it was the best it really was the best of uh, both worlds. Mm-hmm. I I still personally feel like Quake 3 Arena is uh now granted I haven't gotten into uh, some of the newer uh FPS AFPS games, like you know, Dusk and Open Arena and stuff. Uh, oh, Open Arena is not new. Open Arena is almost exactly a clone of Quake Three with just like different settings. And okay. yeah, all right. Well, I apologize to all the OA fans. It's okay. <laughs> for my ignorance. They they will uh, probably laugh at that. They'll they'll all, all just right, think that right. was hilarious. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Quake Quake Three Arena was, if not the pinnacle of AFPS games, it definitely uh, paved the way or paved the road to mm-hmm. like showed. What a great AFP, uh, arena FPS game was. Uh, it it was great in team deathmatch, 2v2, 4v4. It was great in duels. The maps were great. The weapon balance was great. Um, I, I do like uh, the Quake Live adjustment to the railgun to put it to 90 so that a, a fresh spawn can't get killed with one rail. Because mm. uh, one of the things in, in, in Quake three arena was you spawn you go for a shard immediately get at least one shard so you won't get killed yeah. <laughs> with one rail <laughs> I think, uh i think quake three was i i, I shouldn't say i think i know that it, it was like the first one that was designed explicitly for the purpose of being you know, online multiplayer yep. but yep. and it showed i think you could argue i think actually jahar probably said this at some point but like quake two the actual like the single player game was more like a a uh a technology, just a way of showing the technology, like a showcase of the engine, yeah. and not really the game. But yeah, because it considering how 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 many games use that engine, they yeah. did well with that tech demo. <laughs> yeah. Go back down on your. You were saying something about Quake uh, Quake Three. Essentially, yeah. you you left off saying like you go get a shard and then. So you don't get killed by one rail, and then I, I interrupted you like a bitch. So go ahead. Well, now I lost my train of thought. Damn. Um, <laughs> no, you just go get a shard, so you don't get railed in one shot. And that's, I mean, in a duel it's different, obviously, because if you get railed and you have five hit points, then you're probably fucked anyways, <laughs> let's be honest. But uh, I love the 4v4 aspect of it. Um, I loved... Uh, the ebb and flow of the game. Like there was times where both teams would be controlling uh, different aspects of the map. 
and it would actually slow down and like each team knew where the other was but okay they have the rock launcher we have the red armor uh we're good with the status quo right now uh because we if one team rushes the other they're just going to give away frags i didn't i didn't play at a highly competitive level but i played with competition that was competitive with me and it was a lot of fun i i loved it so and yeah go ahead one of the things about quake champions is i like the duels i miss the 4v4 because uh a team death match is just yeah the, the quads and protection and all that yeah. yeah yeah like we would throw like teams um my team included and i'd be a part of this we would we would throw ourselves at quads and protections just to get the quad i had a teammate that would time it so perfectly he would rush in there with like his insane strafe jumping movement grab the quad in between uh in front of the enemy team and then die immediately but that was the plan we would deny them the quad and it wouldn't drop because once you had the quad and you got killed it doesn't drop again not like quake champions and quake three it just it was gone one person has it only and we would give up one frag to deny them the quad if they had control of the map and that could change everything because hmm. suddenly they couldn't just run through the map and, and destroy us with the quad. I think I I just realized at this point, like I, I could just ask you all the questions that I usually feel embarrassed to ask like pro players. So I'm going to do that <laughs> starting now. I'm Vic, not a pro player. <laughs> no, you're not a pro player, but here's like, like the history, like, typical, I'll give you an example. This is my first one. And the one okay. that just brought this to mind. Hey, ask so, away. I, yeah. I'm out of, I'm so, book for it. Beca- because you do, like, who gives a shit if you're a pro player? Like, you have the longevity of, like, you got to see it from this, in, in order. I did not. So, at what point in Quake 3 did people, like, did you realize strafe jumping? Um, Strafe jumping uh, was from the start. Uh, strafe jumping appeared in Quake 2, actually. Okay, okay. Uh, for some reason, uh, I thought was, it was a glitch in the Quake Three code, but I guess it I just was got a glitch up. in the Quake Two code. Okay, uh, and uh, I don't remember when I realized it. I, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember it always being a thing. Uh, it definitely was not in Quake One. Uh, yeah, Quake Two. Uh, it just always was there, and it was so popular that they have put it into every Quake game since. Hmm. Yep. But uh, it had to be the first guy. That, like, someone had to be the first person to like realize that they could do that. I don't know who. Yeah. Like yeah. Thresh or someone like that. Yeah, I was gonna say Thresh or, or like B two or Machiavelli or some you know one of them people. Yeah. You didn't play Quake Four at all, right? I skipped Quake Four multiplayer. Um and I played it single player, just, you know, it didn't beat it. I lost interest very quickly because <laughs> I was into, you know, uh, AFBS heavily by then. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just wasn't into the Quake 4 multiplayer. I don't know. So few Can't people explain. were. Is You don't have to explain it, really. It's just like everybody seems to have the same consensus, except for the few people who, you know, actually did. I'm and, sure it was a fun game. But, I mean, Violent Heart had a great time at it, but that's I mean, yeah. he's a rare, you know, 
whoa, what, what do you mean? Like, that was such a weird thing. He's like, you were, what, right. what, kind, what kind of pro were you? You're, you're a pro in you're Quake. Quake 4 Quake pro? 4. There was, a, there was a Quake 4 pro scene. There was a, there was a pro scene in Quake 4? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fatality played it? Like, and he did. Wow. Yeah, like, I don't know. I had to go back and, like, find it all. But, yeah, it's, it's all there. I don't know why. It, it was a dark time for, you know, QuakeCon wasn't was, as big was anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, then, you know, Quake Quake Live ended up... Like, that's so funny. Like, it what what took over that was just, like, a, a report of, essentially, you know, a redoing of the the previous game is what yep. kind of brought the game back to life. Yep. They did well with Quake Live. <sighs> all right. It did well. Let's uh let's just let's just get into like the real reason you're here, man. Because <laughs> you're you're a theater girl. Theater girl. We all know theater girls. Everybody knew a theater girl in high school or college, right? What what happened? Uh, How did you get into that? Into theater? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, so I'll preface this. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, my friend, I don't want to say your real name. I'll just call you pigeons. Makes. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm not pigeons. I'm, I kill pigeons. You you have too many different nicknames. It's pigeons. I kill pigeons. <laughs> it's you, too you long to say. Pigeons, I can't. Ca- ca- I don't. You know this. Pigeons. Oh, okay. I shouldn't say my friend pigeons, like because that sounds right, like I'm friends right. with pigeons. Okay. You can call me pigeons after you. Promise I it. I kill right. pigeons. Right. The pigeons for short is fine. IKP pigeons for short. Yep. <laughs> so he mentioned earlier to everyone who's listening. If you're still listening, that he everyone's pl- listening. plays this game called Rec Room, right? And it has like a little, you know, little shooter aspects inside of the game, but overall, it's just a big fucking crazy VR sandbox. Would that be an accurate way of describing it? How would uh, you describe that game? Actually, I'll, I'll let you speak speak on its behalf. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, I guess the TLDR of it would be uh, it's the Wii Sports of VR. Okay. That's selling it a little bit short, but that's the TLDR. Yeah, it does. Like the the avatars are very reminiscent of Wii, the Wii era. Yeah, and they got different activities and you know, like different games and stuff. Paintball, laser tag. Uh, there's there's some cooperative, you know, dungeon crawler type things. Yeah. Uh, and they have a healthy custom room system where um, it's a rec room simulator. That is. Rec room uh, simulates what it would be like to have a really badass rec room. I don't know. It's, a, it's such a weird. Yeah, it's niche. weird to describe. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's. I don't know. It's it's a very social game uh, mm-hmm. where you can pretty much do whatever you want. Like, I play. I uh, I'm a dungeon master and in rec room, and I have a uh. Dungeons and Dragons group that I play with every week in the rec room. And uh, we have a gaming table that's huge and <laughs> I can draw on it and draw maps and stuff. And they have their little characters they can move around all in VR. And like, it's like a dream, you know, nerd uh, tabletop RPG setup. But all we need is a VR headset for it. Uh, there's Wii Sports of VR. We'll just stick with that. Okay. <laughs> so. And then he he dropped off the face of the planet. Going, you know, you were the a consistent founding member of the keep. And then all of a sudden, one day, we're like, "Where the fuck is Pigeons at?" And <laughs> and they had to search you down and realize what you'd been doing, which was amazing, man. 
I'll let you, you tell everybody what you did. I want everybody to hear it from your mouth. Well, um, and there's actually an article on CNET about us if uh, people want to know more uh, information. I'll link uh, it to the episode if okay. you want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can, I can get you a link. Um, we did what we believe is the first full-length um, live play in virtual reality. Uh, with actors and actresses from all over the world. When you just said that, the way that you've presented that, it sounded like the beginning of a sci-fi movie. Like, <laughs> I, I have a career in voiceovers, apparently. Yeah, it, like it'd be so. It's a, like a weird prompt for in me. A world. Yeah, we did the first full-length <laughs> feature-length play <laughs> in virtual reality. Like we did, but yeah, and you, you did the Princess Bride, man. I watched it. We did. Yeah, we did The Princess Bride. Uh, we adapted a lot of the dialogue and jokes to mm-hmm. um, a rec room uh, themed. So anyone that's not familiar with the game, you know, might be a little lost on some of it. But the overall story is the same. It was a lot of fun. It, uh, from So how I got involved with it, I think, was your initial uh, question. Um... I was drunk off my ass. Okay. And I, I like was in stories. I like stories yeah, that yeah, start I see like that, that grin on your face. Yeah. I was drunk off my ass. It was about 2 a.m. in the morning for me. And I'm just fucking around in rec room doing whatever. And suddenly one of my friends show up. And I had seen posters around about, hey, Princess Bride auditions, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't act. All right. Well, that'll be fun to watch, you know, when, when they get it going. So one of my friends shows up, and uh, 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 someone named Emily Waffles Yay. She likes waffles. Uh, I'll call her Emily from now on. So Emily shows up. She's like, hey, pigeons, come here. I want to show you something. And, you know, when you're trash, okay, whatever. I'm not going to ask what. Go in there, and I found myself in a room. There was a stage. There was a chair, and there was three people sitting in front of the chair. And she's like, hey, why don't you have a seat right over there? I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, Chris Hansen is here, is he? Okay, he wasn't. So uh, I sit in the chair, and Emily's like, hey, uh, click this link. You're auditioning for the Princess Bride play. And so I did a very drunk <laughs> as best as I could, uh, Inigo, and I was terrible. And so they were like, okay, never mind, do Wesley. And I did a very drunk, as best as I could, Wesley, and they loved it. So fast forward a year from, the, uh, from then, uh, with a lot of people that had quit and a lot of recastings because they didn't quite understand the commitment, uh, we had done... Well, a live play. And our first play was for the development team of Rec Room. Uh, From what I was told, the entire dev team at the time, except for three people, was there. And they loved it. And we did uh, multiple other shows for the community overall. And it was fun. So, and they designed all the, like, the props and costumes and made sure you guys had everything you needed to do. To do the no, play? we did that ourselves. Oh, dope. Uh, they yeah. provided us with the tools. Uh, and so I mentioned way back before how, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of custom room that people can do. 
um, their focus when we started uh, when we started doing the project, the Princess Bride play project, um, they had just started focusing on custom room stuff. So to give you give you know perspective for the listeners, if there's any still here, <laughs> um, no, of course I I know everyone's still listening because it's me. Come on, right? Uh, if I have a platform we, to give to my friends, I'm going to figure out a way to give it to them. Don't worry. <laughs> we went from about 24, 23, 24 cast and crew to 12. Um, and that changed everything because, the, uh, like when we started, we couldn't change, uh, our costumes, uh, without leaving the room. So we had to have one person for every single role. And then they gave us costumes or uh, outfits, and we could change it on the fly. So someone could go backstage, change a different uh, costume, come out, and they're a different actor. That changed everything. Uh, the uh, the sets, initially we had, what was it? I think 12 rooms that we had to funnel the whole audience through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut that down to four rooms because of uh, the tools they gave us. Uh, we could literally, the curtain, cl- we had, uh, went from having no curtain to a curtain that, as you saw, closes. Mm-hmm. And then we press a button. We have someone uh, behind stage, presses a button. The entire set changes in an instant. And then we're ready to go again. And that cut the play down from an unrealistic length of time to about an hour and 40 minutes. And yeah, uh, so so I say we worked on it for a year, but it wasn't really so much that we worked on it for a year just to do it. It's that we didn't have the tools to do it, and it took a year for us to get those tools. Yeah, but it takes time in general to just you know if you're doing anything, you got to do it a bunch of times and then you get oh, it yeah. down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you? Yeah, and there's plenty. Of, sorry, go on. Did you have any like? theater experience before this at all like actual plays uh christmas pageants well, <laughs> when i was in uh, i think second grade oh jeez I, I was in a play without a speaking role <laughs> <laughs> i was a guard that stood in front of the king and queen stage so that's the extent of my theater experience <laughs> and um Turns out, and I didn't find this out until after we had been like doing live plays for a while. A bunch of our act, like, what is it, like five or six of our actors and actresses, they're like, "Oh yeah, we have theater experience." Blah 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 blah. And why didn't you speak up about this earlier? <laughs> yeah, but it went well, which is why they didn't. They're like, "You were doing a good job," so we didn't feel the need to speak up but they're wonderful people i thought that the like the princess broad was such a perfect uh choice of play for you guys because you don't have to do accents for the like it's not a requisite of the, the princess broad it's already just like all over the place in general like especially the I, film yeah. yeah so like you as wesley and then you'll have like so i don't i don't know all the other people in there but like you'll, you'll have like a british accent just kind of pop up out of nowhere stars oh yeah yeah Century? yeah i got i got him and he he tried to ghost it too. He tried to act like it wasn't him. I'm like, I just, fuck you, man. I know who you are. 
you're the only person I know who would be like, uh, like just use a voice changer on purpose because you don't want anyone to know what your real voice sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, funny thing when, when I was, you know, the early practices, I tried to change my voice, but I suck at it. (laughs) And so Emily was like, like, Hey, Patrick, just, just use your voice. You're fine. That's the voice that got you the audition. <laughs> Just use your own voice. I'm like, okay. So they want the pressure. Um, and the whole production is very much, it's meant to be like a high school play, if you will, like theater or community theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you remember the goblin of unusual size, the big barrel goblin mm-hmm. thing come, that came out. It was like, we intentionally made that costume look like it was something that some high school kids took a big trash can and painted it and then, and then put it over someone's head. <laughs> and we had so much fun doing that. One, one of the best parts of uh, in the play, for, like, just that made me actually fall over laughing was the, the, the cliff scene, the cliff hanging scene where like you, yes. the guy's like, could you, could you spawn a rope or like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just um, so like man you could not have like, picked a first a perfect <laughs> a more perfect first play uh was like uh that yeah that was me trying to climb up the um yeah the, well in the movie it's the cliffs of insanity and um in the play it was the chairs of insanity and that's a rec room reference because there was an old bug where i don't know if you remember me holding up a chair underneath a hand and you know like the chair would fall down it used to be if you held up a chair and held up your hand and the chair rested on the hand without moving and you let go, it would stay there frozen in midair. Mm. So people would use that bug to get like, I don't know, 800 feet in the air. <laughs> so when we were actually like when the script was written, that bug was active. So we're getting close to doing live plays and they fixed the bug. And we're like, oh, shit. What what the fuck do we do now? <laughs> fix, fix the bug. We can't do the scene anymore. Like, I can't... Like, Wesley can't climb the chairs by using the cl- chair glitch. <laughs> um, so I had to kind of fake it. And then we had to come up with the other dialogue about, you know, perhaps you could enable flying or, <laughs> uh, you know, throw me a maker pen, which is... You know, or find something useful to do instead of the throw of the rope. Um. And uh, the maker pen basically is the tool that we use to create all the sets. Uh, so he eventually, of course, throws me a maker pen and I create a uh, a platform and then climb up with that. A little bit of a rec room take on, on that scene. But it went through a few different iterations. Uh, like flying didn't exist when we wrote the script either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that them fixing that chair glitch was... That was a terrifying moment. <laughs> so we're, we had enough time to to adjust. What are the plans going forward? Like, are you guys going to try? Is it always going to be kind of just community theater for you? Or do you think that you could try to like, I don't want to say like big budget, whatever, but like really clean it up and then try to like present it in a way that uh, is palatable to a viewer who's not in rec room? Or is it just a, you have to be in rec room to experience this special moment kind of thing? Um... We love doing it for fun, yeah, and we love doing it for the rec room community. 
um, we're not perfection professional actors. <laughs> no. We know that, uh, and we're not going to try to be. So, actually, trying to monetize something like that, I, I don't see that working out well. We're just going to continue to have fun with it. We're going to do more rec room plays. We want to just. I mean, the community has given all of us so much. Uh, we want to give back to it. And we have a lot of fun doing these shows for them. And going forward, we are going to do another production. It's going to be in the same, uh, we call ourselves the Orange Bucket Acting Troupe. Uh, the or- uh, An Orange Bucket is kind of a rec room uh, meme, if you will, I guess. There's a bunch of orange buckets around the game. Yeah. And... So we call ourselves the Orange Bucket Acting Troop and or Obat. And we're going to do another play production in Obat style. Working on it right now, it's going to be based on uh, Back to the Future. So I want to go on a really short tangent about Back to the Future. Just a reason, uh, another situation where I already see how you guys are going to do all kind of crazy, awesome inside jokes for it like you did for the last one. But yep. so there used to be this uh, pro wrestler in a, in a group called Chikara and his name will was, what was his name? It doesn't matter. Point being his gimmick was, he's a time traveling marching band uh, conductor. Okay. Hear me out. This yeah. is the most wacky thing. Okay. So he, they have this event and I'm drinking this beer for you, by the way. <laughs> okay. They have this wrestling event and he, He's like fighting, and then this guy decides to whirl. This is all real life, like in front of people, actual pro wrestling shit going on. He like sends him, you know, through a, a space time continuum portal, and like, okay, he's gone, and we don't see him for months. And then at their big event with like their WrestleMania equivalent type thing later, like months down the road, the dude shows up. He like pulls into the arena. With a DeLorean. <laughs> and then runs into the ring and beats down everybody. <laughs> so I can't even imagine what you guys are going to come up with <laughs> for this play. Um, I would love to respond, but um, I want to give it away. No, don't don't give it away. It's just like, yeah. Like not not that you know necessarily the AFBS community cares, but uh, I don't want to spoil anything in case the uh, rec room community you know gets wind of it. What I think things. is, I'm going to tie this all up in a bow afterwards. But what I think is really cool about you know just in general like the, what you're doing with this is that it's probably the future of like online entertainment. Like you know people are more and more not wanting to leave their home to do things. You know we have Amazon delivers everything, and we have. Uh, we have the you know, just the ability to just watch Netflix and HBO all day, or if you want to see a brand new half the time theater like movies come out, they don't even come out in theaters; they just come out right there for your TV. And and the VR is going to continue to take over more and more. We're probably going to have Quake. Well, I think there already are like versions of older Quake VRs, but it really have like there is yeah, there's Doom VR too. Yeah, the, the future of. Arena shooters may very well lie in VR, and but there there's going to come a point where I think people are going to look back 
at the history of uh, virtual reality entertainment, and they're going to point it. Someone's going to have to bring this up. They're going to have to say like, "Oh well, there was this game back in you know like back in a hundred years ago and before we all uploaded our cells to the computer, then <laughs> we all, all uploaded our consciousness <laughs> to wow. the computer to the now internet." We both feel old. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and and they're you know and they they did this thing in rec room. Like, so it, it it feels I'm sure to you it feels big, but like maybe to a listener. They're like, oh, okay, this is kind of a silly gimmicky thing, but I really do think you guys are on to something that's going to potentially change the way people interact in general. Yeah. I, our main thing is we want to have fun. Yeah. Uh, we do it for each other more that, than anything. That's uh, the right attitude. And, like, the recognition we got was great. Uh, our last play, uh, our last uh, play we did a week ago. Uh, well, almost a week this past Friday, so five days ago. Um, we had a uh, a YouTube streamer, uh, a YouTuber stream it, and he did a great job with the camera angle. And there's in in game camera angles you can do and stuff. He was fantastic with it. Um, I, I'm gonna have to get you get you his YouTube link so you can uh, okay. Uh, I'll link it. it. In the, he deserves it. He, I need he to see that one because all I've seen is the original, like you know, yeah. Fr- crowd we redid the sets. We did redid the sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now that one that he recorded, there was a lot of technical difficulties that were out of our control. Computers crash, uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so bear with it. But there was over three thousand views on it. <laughs> so a few people are watching. More people have watched your virtual reality play than have ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> uh that'll change quickly. Well, we'll see. This, this is a great podcast. You're doing great with it. Thank you, man. Uh I guess the 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 big takeaway I want to do before we get out of here is I, and this is like a question that's been like boiling in my mind for a long time because it took you away from me this whole this whole thing. Um yeah. but but there's it's okay with me. I'm perfectly happy to let you do what you need to do. You sound jealous. I am jealous. It really hurts my heart <laughs> that you're not, you know, fragging with me every day but it's okay but what i want to ask you really is it what is it that is this is this uh the vr and the the rec room and and the play thing are you getting something socially that you cannot get in arena shooters and and if so what can our community learn from your community uh absolutely because my whole life i've been an introvert until vr and it was it wasn't a like hey i have vr put it on wow i'm an extrovert now it was a slow change i've had it for i mean i was an early adopter on the htc vive so mm-hmm. i've had it for uh, uh, quick math i don't know close to three years um i don't know it's there's something psychological about hanging out with people and having fun and whatever and but if you're not having fun you just take off your headset and you know you're okay like you're in your home uh the afps community as far as what they can do don't uh, I know you're talking about how like VR is like probably the future of AFPS. It's not because uh, no, 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 I, no, no. Uh, don't, don't take. I don't think that's okay. true. I think mouse and keyboard okay. and screen is going to be yeah. the status quo yeah. for, for you, AFPS. You can't, 
you can't replace mouse and keyboard. No, you just can't. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying that like no. I think that there will be like the in the future There's of gaming lies you. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there is for for certain types of games. Like I mean, it, oh, well, I'm gonna have to show you a game called Sirento sometime. Okay, uh, but that's uh, that's off topic. Um, the best thing that the community can do is just be excellent to each other. Really, like like you were to me. I mean. Regardless of VR, like VR didn't have, like it didn't have any bearing on when we met. Like you were, you were an excellent guy to me when we met in a duel and you kicked my ass, but you're still really good about it. And you're like, Hey, you want to practice more? Yeah. (laughs) Like, and just not being, don't be a dick. Is what the community can like. Just don't be a dick to each other. Be excellent to each other. That that's all it is. That's nothing to do with VR. Just and and like so many. We want to grow the community, but it's so hard to get into because noobs come in and they suck because they don't know AFPS or they're not used to it or whatever, and they just get shat on and. Yeah, I get it. A lot of people, I mean, we were all there. I mean, I got shat on all over the place when I first started playing multiplayer Quake 2. But I stuck through it. But how many people didn't? Yeah. How many people are out there playing Call of Duty now at a Quake? Because, like, someone wasn't excellent to them. Yeah, it makes me wonder because I say it all the time that... In order to be uh, successful at arena shooters, you first have to be the kind of person who can take an ass kicking and then come back for more. Uh, and that's true. But at the same time, to your point, that you you have to also consider the fact that it, like if more people were just nice for, to begin with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not advocating for the AFPS community to be cupcakes and Care Bears like Care Bears no. stare at everyone. No, like, but like you got to be able to take you got to be able to take a uh, uh, take some shit talk, right? There, well, there's a difference between just being able to just take a rocket to the face and accept that you lost, but you don't also have to have the the shit like friendly shit talk, friendly banter is one right. thing, but you don't have to right. have the uh, fuck you noob or you know right. You, you know, don't have to have like, you don't have like, to have that. That's not necessary. Know, racial slurs, shit like that. Oh yeah. man, remember that night when the dude called us the n word on the server? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was like Jesus. I mean, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to that guy. Genuinely, I hope he's okay. But like, you you messed with the keep, and me and pigeons molested you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's the M word. <laughs> well, you didn't say the R word, so. <laughs> uh, but no, I yeah. That, that's I think that's the mission, and that's the trend. The trend now. Uh, I I don't want to give it all to say it was like it was. It started with the keep because it didn't, but. Our mission and has always been a I don't want to say a safe space, but like a a place no, where don't you dare no, ever say that no but it, a mission the mission was I to do. create a place where people could play pickups and learn from each other and not have to worry right. about like a, an asshole being an asshole and if you are an asshole to someone in our server you'll probably get banned. Uh, right. Haven't had yeah, to do that yet. Right. I think we just have attracted good people mostly, uh, but I am very impressed. I want to say uh, on air. I am very impressed with how quickly and strongly you've grown to keep. You've done great. 
it's uh I don't know. It's like my passion project. I'm just I'm a, like a weird obsessed person. If if I get into something or if I like decide I want to do something, I commit myself like a hundred percent to doing that. And sometimes that results in my hand being in too many pots, and like I get overwhelmed. Like I was trying to do the podcast and write for QuakeFans.net and do this right. and have a real like you know I'm like I have a real job and a wife and all that kind of stuff and it was just like oh so overwhelming. Yourself to, and no. a boyfriend that I could beat up. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, but I had to like kind of narrow down what I'm doing. So now my focus is just the podcast and the keep, and that's that's what I do. Like this, the casting thing happens on its own. Like that's fine. But I'm so I'm just genuinely involved in this community. Like this means that I've never had a, a group of people that I cared so much about in real life, other than like my two best friends in the world and my wife. You know. These are my friends. It's weird. And that it's people are going to like, some people would look at that and be like, man, what a fucking loser. But like, really that this whole thing, this is like a phenomenon to me. No one that matters is going to look at you. Yeah. For having a passion about something and think you're a loser. That's true. Right. And if they are, they're a dickwad. There, no one that matters is going to think that. I really, uh, I really appreciate you doing this, man. Like I, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate the invite to I, I know. I just like I just had to make an excuse to get you to talk to me for an hour or so. <laughs> because you're oh, too busy shit. with you your other friends. Oh, well, I mean, they have VR. Cough, cough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <sighs> no, that sounded mean. Uh, no, no it, I, it's just that it's not my thing. Different. It's okay. And maybe one day I'll I'll get one and then I'll just like fall completely in love with that it's community. It's not your thing because you haven't tried it. I... I don't know if that's true. I, I, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but I really don't feel like it's uh, necessarily where I'm at at this point in my life. Maybe one day that could be a different version of the mother. Lou. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That That's a, that's a very wise answer. Yeah. Okay. Or response. Yeah. That's a wise response. All right, man. Much love. All I'm right. going to get out of here and go eat some food because I'm starving. <laughs> All right. Love you, man. Have a great night. Peace out, brother. Take care. Big thanks to IKP for doing it. I hope you, I really hope you guys uh, felt the love between us because it was very prominent. <laughs> I don't apologize for it. Let's get into some plugs. So uh, yeah, first of all, we're we're switching to the new host after this episode. This will be our last one with State of Quake, and I just want to give a big fat thank you to Slip and Unkind both for carrying us this far. And uh, now they're releasing us uh, on to, on our own. We're like a baby eagle being pushed out of the nest. It's going to be epic. Hope you guys uh, find us pretty quickly. The best way to do that, obviously, is to hit us up in the keep. Links are at the bottom. All the links are at the bottom. Uh, let's see. Uh, another thank you to Spaced. If you guys don't already know this, it's it should be in the episode notes, but if you're not reading them, I just want to say a huge-ass thank you to Spaced. Everything about the keep is a personal effort on his part and mine together. He's like, you know, he's been there since day one, as well as IKP, pushing this thing forward. All the artwork... A lot of the channel set up everything that's all up to him. Also, a big thank you to Hadakant, who has been not only helping with uh, the Dusk World tournaments. It's kind of funny. I'm recording this before the tournament, but by the time you hear this, the tournament will have happened. And I want to say thank you to him for co-casting 
and for helping set up the OBS stuff to make the stream look as beautiful as we could possibly manage at our uh, at our current scale. Uh, another big thank you to the Open Arena competitive community for the events that they've been putting on. I've been casting. You can check those out on YouTube. But the dual tournaments are kicking ass. And thank you to Meow, to Dots, to Tiny, to Infinite, to all, all the people involved in those events. It's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, next big thank you to New Blood Interactive uh, for making Dusk and allowing us to, you know, they, they provided space with some cool fonts for us to make those overlays with and, and just being cool in general and Brondo and Seaspool and all that good stuff. Uh, previous guest already said Seaspool, but everybody who's been on the show uh, up to now uh, took a huge risk in allowing us to, you know, take up some of their time to get this thing rolling. And I just want to say thank you to them each personally. Uh, but I won't list them all off here. Just uh, yeah, go check out those episodes. Uh, join the Keep. Our Dusk World tournaments are kicking off. Uh, we have dual pools, uh, I believe, every Wednesday night hosted by Smango, and I'll jump in when I can, get those things rolling. But if you if you like to improve and just have a sense of community, get some feedback, meet some new people, dual pools are where it's at. It's the oldest tradition in the Keep, and we plan to keep it alive. Also, you know, you just find pickup games pretty much any time for a plethora of different arena shooter games or co-op games, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. We're, we're free and open to everyone. Uh, and the best way to get info, obviously, I already said it, join the Keep. That's the best way to do it. You, you'll get all the info you need if you want to keep up with the podcast as they come out or give feedback or hit me up, whatever you want to do. Feel free, please, to join the Keep. But remember that if you're an asshole, uh, Cathala doesn't like assholes. <laughs> Sorry, had to say it. Uh, other ways to support, uh, Patreon, the link is at the bottom of the page here. You may freely give money if you wish. You would be, uh, greatly appreciated if you did that, that it would, uh, allow the, the cost of production to, you know, sort of be crowdsourced, uh, better equipment, better microphone if you don't like the way my voice is coming across, uh, helps me in space to do, you know, we're going to be hopefully setting up server upkeep and all that kind of stuff, prize pools for events, uh, make, make it a little more worth space time to, do the Twitch overlays and Hadakan as well and everyone else involved, all the artwork. If you want to support, if you want to continue to see the uh, production stay the same as it is and also rise, feel free to give on Patreon. If you can't afford to or you just don't want to give money or you don't want to take that risk or whatever, I totally understand. I can't promise or say in any kind of honesty that I give to every podcast that I listen to. I try, but I don't. So Truly the best way to support is just to be involved in the community and tell people, listen to the, uh, listen to the catalog, like, subscribe, review, tell your friends. That's, that's the best way you can support 100%. The more, the merrier on this ride. Um, what else we got? Podcast, other podcasts. There are way more <laughs> similar podcasts than you may think if you haven't already heard them. List them off. Full Tech Podcast ran by Smango. That's a, he's associated and runs QuakeFans.net and KentuckyNerd.com, as well as the Full Tech Podcast, which is all about PC gaming, retro games, arena shooter games, whatever. He's my boy. I love him. Check him out. Uh, next would be QuakeCast. Uh, this is RC and Dump Truck from the Quake Mapping community, and I definitely remember. I definitely. I can't even say it, man. These guys are blowing me out of the water. I feel like sometimes with their, some of these cool guests I've got on, like developer from Proteus was on recently, as well as. Uh, Nationwide Moose, I really enjoyed that episode. Definitely go check it out. Uh, State of Quake podcast, always going to be there. And uh, make sure you check out all their events with the cash prizes and everything. I won't list them all off. Just hop in their Discord, check them out. 
And then we got a multiplayer Doom Federation radio network YouTube and uh, also join their Discord. Check out all their cool Doom events. Like if you're into multiplayer Doom, there's no better place that I know of for you to get into the action. Um, other events, obviously QuakeCon 2019, July 25th through 29th. I'll be there. A lot of members of the Catholic Keep crew will be there. The Keep, as we're calling it now, because people can't spell Catholic. That's okay. I want to say uh, State of Quake will be there too. Slip, Unkind, D-Ron, a few other folks. Definitely uh, hit them up if you see them there too. I'm really looking forward to meeting D-Ron. That'll be fun. Um, Quake World QH LAN 2019 is going to happen. I don't have all the full information yet, but I will promise to get you that as soon as I can. Looking forward to a little bit more information from those guys. But looking like it's going to take place in Denmark, and it'll be uh, towards the end of the summer, like September, August area. We'll get you that information as soon as I can. Um, oh, big one. Uh, United States Quake Community, the U.S. Quake Community. That's uh, ran by Messiah and Nationwide Moose and uh, several other people that I don't <laughs> I haven't had the time to really dig into yet, but... I really like what they're doing over there. If you haven't heard about them already, it's just like every Quake game there is. They have an event for it pretty much. Doom as well. Anything is software made. And just an awesome community with like all the time, every night it seems like awesome events happening. Just community stuff. Not super competitive, but I think they have plans to maybe do that in the future. So check them out. Uh, Master Arena. Still an alpha. It's still awesome. You should try to get a uh, alpha key if you can't get one from them, which you definitely should be able to. Uh, hit me up, and I'll try to hook you up with one if I can. And uh, they're they're doing a lot of cool Instagib tournaments that I would check out, especially if you're in the EU, a higher player player base over there. So give them a shout out, give them a check, see what they're up to. Quake Crew sack Sundays every Sunday. Quake Crew, and then I believe Quake Team Fortress and uh, perhaps the USQC are getting involved in it now. But if you like playing Sacrifice and Quake Champions, there's no better place to do it than on Sundays in the Quake crew and with those guys. Definitely hit up Killer Nukem if you want more information on that. If you are a Quake Champions player and you want to break into the pro, I don't, I don't want to say pro scene, but if you want to get recognized, if you really want to get your name out there, you got to win 40's Den. 40 Lions, bracket style tournaments, Friday nights, look out for 40's Den. Go check them out. Uh, lastly... Jahar, Tasty Spleen. I shouldn't have to explain it to you. If you don't already know about Jahar and Tasty Spleen and you're listening to the show, I don't know what you're doing. Get over there and check them out. Last thing on the docket for me, if you like great beer or you know someone who makes great beer and you want to send some my way, man, it would really be awesome if I could like drink some, talk about how awesome it is on the podcast and drink some free beer. But that's neither here nor there. Peace out, everybody. Much love. Stay in the keep. 